0: But today we're going to be teaching about I'm saved, now what? Uh, Out of the book of Acts chapter uh, 9, verses 1 through 9. Amen. The Bible says this. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version. The Bible says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, he went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem and as he journeyed he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him Saul Saul why are you persecuting me and he said who are you Lord then the Lord said I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, speaking of Saul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord, Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but didn't see no one then Saul the rose from the ground and when his eyes were opened he saw no one but they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus and he was there three days without sight and neither ate nor drank hey amen I want to uh, teach on this lesson on this topic tonight of I'm saved now what amen I'm saved now what do I do Amen. Father, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. We thank you for the reading of your word. Father, we ask you to open up our heart and our mind and give us understanding tonight of your word. Father, give us direction. Father, give us instruction tonight so that we can be better Christians, so that you can be glorified in heaven and in earth. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And this portion of scripture right here that we read, it's it's a very powerful portion of scripture because it records the conversion of someone that uh, you and I or anyone else would think that, man, this guy's lost. This guy's done. You know, he's, uh, um, you know, there's no changing him. You know, there's nothing that uh, we can do or say that's going to make this individual change his life or, or even turn to God, you know. Um, uh, he was just, he was a murderer. Amen. When you read about Saul and, and you read about his life, and even in this portion of Scripture, it lets us know that he went to people uh, to get letters to go find Christians and to, to bring them bound into uh, the city and to uh, throw them into prison. And so we see a powerful conversion uh, of a man by the name of Saul who will later become uh, the Apostle Paul, amen, one of the greatest apostles of all time, amen. They say he's second to Jesus, Amen. And he was the writer of more than half of the New Testament. Amen. And uh, we live by a lot of his teachings that were handed down to him by Jesus Christ. Amen. And the other apostles. But uh, this man right here is 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 the Gentile Savior, I guess you can say. Um, you know, he's the one that we look to. He was the one that God chose uh, to uh, bring the gospel to uh, the Gentiles, you and I, Amen. And so powerful portion of Scripture, powerful example of of conversion, Amen. And so um, uh, conversion from a life of sin to service, Amen. From a life of sin to service—that's a message right there. That's a uh, uh, a sermon, Amen. Uh, from a life from uh, a life from sin to ...to a life of service. Amen. And it's powerful right here because after he had his encounter with the Lord... ...amen, uh, right away um, he asked a question. Amen. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 6, he asked a question. uh, After he recognized that it was God that he had come basically face to face with... and, and, uh, and, ...and his conversion began. Amen. He asked a question, a powerful question. He says, Lord... What will you have me to do? In other words, I'm saved now. I met my Savior. I'm, I'm here. We know the story. The Bible says that he went to Ananias' house. Amen. And Ananias laid hands on him, and the Holy Ghost fell, and the scales came from his eyes. Amen. He was able to see. Amen. Uh, once he was in darkness, now he's in light. Amen. And then the Bible says that he was baptized, and after that, he was sent out into the world. Amen. To do the Great Commission. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen, to the Gentiles, to those that were lost. Amen. So basically, he's saying, I'm saved. Now what? He says, Lord, what will you have me to do? Amen. And Saul found the answer through Ananias' ministry. Amen. That's why it's so important to plug into a ministry, amen, that's Bible teaching, amen, that's gonna uh, uh, stick to the word of God. Amen. And this is going to uh, not just bring you in and leave you there and not give you purpose and not give you instruction and not give you direction and not give you correction at times when it's needed, but to uh, uh, teach you, amen, uh, so that you too can make disciples. Can you say amen? And so uh, God's his word, which tells us how to be saved, also instructs us in how to stay saved. That's a powerful uh, sentence right there that's in our lesson. That not only does God's word save you, not only does does it it dust you off and pull you out of the mud and pull you out of the gutter or pull you out of whatever situation that you were in. You know, a lot of people don't have my testimony, Brother Ernie, and, and so they can't relate. But we all came with something. We all came with a testimony. We all came needing help. Amen. We all came needing change, needing restoration, needing deliverance, needing uh, 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 something from God. Amen. And we found it in the Lord. We found it in the church. Um, But when we found it, amen, once you find something, you want to keep it. You want to hold on to it, amen, and you have to work at it. It takes work. It's like this thing is like a marriage. Can you say amen? Marriage, you know, you get married, and it it takes work to stay married. Can you say amen? It takes work to stay married. It takes work uh, to stay in your job. It takes work to to hold on to relationships, and so it is uh, with the Word of God. But it teaches us how not only to be saved, but also instructs us in how to stay saved. And so after we're born again, we discover the the reality of the devil's opposition to us. We now have an enemy of our souls who will tempt us, who will test us, and try us through every devious device possible. You know, I tell everybody that goes down in the water and comes back up, amen, that you now have a target on your back. And I don't mean it in a bad way, and I don't mean it in a way to scare anybody. I mean it in a way that, hey, now it's on. The devil's not going to leave you alone. He's going to come at you. uh, uh, He's going to come at you with tricks. He's going to come at you with his devices. He's going to come at you with snares. He's going to come at you with all kinds of things because he's got those that are in the world. He's got those already that are unsaved. And so for him to get somebody to fall in the church is like a a trophy for him. He puts it up, you know, like a hunter does. They go out and they hunt game and they find the, the ones with the most points, amen, and they shoot them and they cut their heads off and they... Uh, do certain things they stuff them and they put them up on their on their walls they hang them up in their trophies and and they even show them off amen and that's what the devil does with Christians that he's been able to to sneak in and to to bring a snare or to bring something into their heart or into their life that causes them to fall away from the Lord amen he's always looking he's always looking for a way in amen and so um we have to uh understand, amen, that we have an enemy, but the the Word of God tells us in the book of John chapter 4 and verse 4 that we should not be dismayed. The Bible says that for greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, amen. So we have to know and understand that we have a power that lives inside of us. We have an authority that lives inside of us that is greater than any power and any authority that is out there in the world. The thing is, is, is walking in that power, is walking in that authority, and knowing that you have it inside of you. Can you say amen? Amen. Uh, failure does not have to be our lot. Amen. Failure does not have to be our lot. God saved us so that we would succeed spiritually. He saved us so that we would be victorious and that we would be Overcomers. That's why he saved us, so that we can have the victory. So that we can be successful in everything, not just in, in ministry, not just in church, and not just, not just in the things within these four walls, but to be successful in your marriage, to be successful at the workplace, to be successful in your business, to be a, a successful parent, to be a, succe- to be a success and to have victory in everything that you desire to do. That's why God saved you, to give you a better life. Amen. To give us a better life in him. He says, he says, I came that you might have life and that you might have it in abundance. Amen. Who wants an abundant life? I want to have an abundant life. And no, it's not greed. It's I just want to be blessed. I want all of God's blessings. I want everything that he has for me. And I'm sure that you want everything that he has for you and for your children and for your family. Amen. And so failure does not have to be our lot. Amen. And so in this lesson, we're going to find, amen, some biblical principles that are needed, that are needed to be fruitful, that are needed uh, to grow, for us to grow. Amen. And for us to be fruitful. Who wants to be fruitful? Amen. I think we all want to. That's why we're here. Right. That's why we're here. That's why we're tuned in online. That's why we're here on per- in person, because we want to be fruitful. We want to grow. Amen. That's the objective: is for us to be fruitful and for us to grow. Amen. Not just spiritually, but in every aspect of our life. Amen. These principles that that if we apply them, will bring maturity and growth in our Christian lifestyle. I mean, you notice how I said Christian lifestyle and I didn't say Christian walk, amen? Yes, we are to walk with God. We are to have a relationship with God. But Christianity is a a lifestyle, amen? It's not something that's temporal. It's not something that's seasonal. It's not something that uh, we should ever get tired of. As a matter of fact, our fire should burn hotter more and more over the years. Amen. And so uh, these principles right here are going to help us kind of like a checklist. Amen. This is, uh, uh, I know it says right here, basics for beginners. But, you know, if we can be truly honest and truly take inventory of our life and the time that we've been in the Lord, amen, for however many years, amen, and as we go through these uh, basics for beginners, you know, are, are 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 we? Can we check every box? In other words, can we check every box? Do we need uh, work in these areas? Amen. Do do we need to go back to some of these basics? Although we've been in the Lord for. For several years, some of us, I know that sometimes I have to look and I'm like, man, I'm failing in this area. So I need to go back to that and and start to implement that back into my life. Amen. Whatever it is, whether it's prayer or reading my Bible or, or fellowshipping with the, the brothers or the sister or whoever it is, you know, uh, whatever it is, this is good for us to take inventory and to evaluate our walk with the Lord. Amen. And the first basic principle Or the first principle, amen, is Bible reading. Amen. Let us all turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 13 through 17. This is something that we all should be doing. Amen. Uh, This is something that we all should be doing is reading our Bibles. Taking the time to read a Bible, amen, to read at least one chapter a day. In the Bible, amen. We should uh, uh, be taking the time to do that, whether you started a book or whether you're in the book of Psalms, amen, or you're, whatever book you're in, amen, that you're reading, it. It we should be reading at least one chapter a day, amen. Because one of the most important tools that we have is the Word of God. That is the... I think that is not one of the most important. That is the most important tool that you and I need in our life. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 17, the Apostle Paul says this, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all. Taking the shield of faith. With which you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Remember we have an enemy that seeks to destroy us. And so. This. Shield of faith is what's going to help us quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. He says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. And so, right here, the Apostle Paul is letting us know that this is how we need to equip ourselves. This is what we need. The Word of God, reading our Bible, is how we. We become that Roman soldier that he saw from a Roman prison and he looked and he looked at the soldier and how they were dressed and how they had the, the full armor, the full body armor. Amen. And he used that as a template for us because the Roman soldier was, was a fierce soldier. They were a, a force to be reckoned with. Amen. They, they, they didn't have a, 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 a protection on their back. That's why he doesn't mention anything on their back. Why? Because they were so fierce that they never turned their back on the enemy. They were a driving force. Amen. They, they pushed forward. And so that's what he's saying right here. He's, he's comparing the word of God to the armor of the Roman soldier and saying, Hey, this is what you need to be equipped to fight against the enemy. This is what you need. You need to read the Bible, read it, equip yourself, equip your mind, equip your heart, equip your body, equip your soul, equip, equip, read. You know, we read instructions. How many of you read instructions? Amen. I read instructions now, whenever I put something together, I I always make sure that I take everything out of the box and I set all the pieces right there. And then I get the instructions and I start with number one, because I've made the mistake of trying to put things together on my own and it didn't come out right. And so I now, I am, I am so super, you know, uh, uh, huge on reading the instructions. Amen. And those instructions have helped me uh, uh, put difficult pieces of furniture together. It's helped me program certain things on the television or on my phone or on my remote or even at work when we're learning a new system. Amen. I, I read the instructions thoroughly. Amen. And, and it has empowered me to be able to do the job. And so this is what the word of God does when we read it it empowers us amen to be able to to walk in our calling to walk in our blessing to to walk in the things of the Lord can you say amen amen the apostle paul says in in verses uh in in, in verse 10 actually he says be strong
1: in the lord He's specific about where we're strong at.
0: He's specific. Amen? He says, be strong in the Lord. Now, we're strong at a lot of things, right? We can say we're strong in this area, and we're, we're strong in that area, and this is my strongest uh, 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 you know, point, or this is my weakest area right here. But he's saying, I want you to, to, to pour everything that you got. Be strong in the Lord. Okay? And in the power of his might. When you look at that word and translate it in the Greek, it's translated, and in the power of his ability. Because it's not our ability, it's not our power, it's not our might, it's not, it's not us, it's all him. I can tell you right now, church, I, me as an individual, I would not have the power, the might, the nothing to be able to
1: have been in the Lord for 16 years. It's all Him. It's all the Holy Ghost. It's all His power. It's all His might. Amen. And
0: so this right here, this power and this, this uh,
1: armor... Only comes by way of reading our Bible. If you're weak in an area in your
0: life, read your Bible, find out what it has to say about that area in your life. Whether it's 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 anger or whether it's it's anxieties or 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 whether it's trusting or whether uh, it's communicating, or whatever it is, where, wherever you're weak at in your life, you don't have to tell me, and you don't have to tell nobody. Amen. You know, tell God, Amen. And and look in your Word and say, Lord, I'm I'm weak in this area. I'm 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 weak uh, at, at doing this, or I'm weak at doing that. And and look, and and God will begin to empower you, and He'll begin to give you confidence, Amen. He'll begin to to give you some pride, Amen. Not that bad pride, but that good pride that. Hey, you know, I'm walking in my authority. I'm walking in my power. Why? Because I read the scriptures and not only did I read them, but I'm applying them. I'm putting them in my heart and I'm doing them. Amen. And, and the only way we can do that, the only way we know what the Bible says is by reading it. Amen. And so that's not just for beginners. That's for all of us. That's for everybody. Amen. That we need to find time to read the Word of God. Amen. The second principle. First one, we have to read our Bible. The second one, we have to pray. (laughs) Amen. We have to pray. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But how many of you have a daily prayer life? I'm not trying to put nobody on the spot. That's why, you know, don't raise your hand. How many of you have a daily prayer life? How many can honestly say, you know what, I pray five minutes a day, or I pray 10 minutes a day, or I pray 15 minutes? You know, sometimes they say, well, you know, pastor asked if we had a prayer life and automatically we think, you know, an hour, two hours, three hours. No, you know, who has a prayer life of five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes?
1: Who has a prayer life? Amen. That's another vital key
0: to being an overcoming Christian. To develop a strong prayer life. Consistent one. Increasing that prayer life. I can tell you that once you get to praying, 15 minutes ain't nothing. Amen. How many of you have ever gotten lost in prayer? You're like, oh my God, it's been... Half an hour, like, man, I was in prayer for an hour, you know, or longer. And you come out and you just feel so refreshed. Feel so refreshed. Like a huge weight has been lifted off of
1: your back. Amen. And we only get that through prayer. Through prayer. Amen. And so the
0: Bible says this in the first book of Thessalonians, chapter 5. Verses 14 through 18.
1: The Apostle Paul says this. He says, now we exhort you, brethren. Am I in the right place? Yes. Now we exhort you, brethren.
0: Warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good
1: both for yourself and for everybody. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Every opportunity
0: that you get, amen. We have to have a dialogue. Our prayer, that's what it is. You know, I'm a talker. I talk to people all day long. I receive phone calls. People come here to the church. Amen. I I find myself, I talk a lot and I'm just thinking, man, I'm like, I'm all talked out. You know, I go home and I'm just like, I'm sorry, honey. I'm not ignoring you. I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm all talked out. Have you, who's ever been all talked out? For those of you, I know Sister Desiree, you're, you're back into the workforce and you're probably you know, dealing with a lot of people now in the doctor's offices or whoever. And, and you know people have a lot of questions about their health and they have a lot of questions about their medication and they have a lot of questions about this and they have a lot of questions. And I can imagine she probably talks to more than
1: 50 people a day. It's tiring talking to people. Amen.
0: It's tiring. Amen. I'm sure, Those that work on the phones, amen, all day, as soon as you put it down, you don't even get to drink out of your cup because the phone's already ringing again. Amen. And, and, and you know, you can't let it ring for too many times. Amen. There's like a, 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 a three-ring limit or something. I don't know. But, uh, you know, but we have to find time to have a dialogue with God. We have to find time to talk to him and to let him talk to us and to sit there and to to hear what he has to say to us, to hear what his spirit is saying to us. Amen. And the only way to do that is to find a quiet place where there's no distractions. That's why the Bible says to go into your closet and to shut the door. Now, I know that seems strange. How many of you have seen the movie War Room? Amen. Where she would write down her prayer petitions and she would put them on the wall. Amen. And she would go in there for hours and lock herself in a place where where not even the kids could disturb her. Nobody could get to her. Amen. That was her place. And that's how God wants to have that place with us. He wants to have that time. He wants to have that dialogue. Amen. Because that's where he empowers us. That's where he he speaks. He speaks to us through his word and he empowers us through his word. Amen. But that's a, a, a little more intimate. Amen. When you can go into prayer. Amen. With the Lord. Amen. So, principle number one Bible reading. Principle number two prayer. Make prayer a daily affair. Pray with your family amen here it says go to church early and pray before every service look up passages of prayer relating to prayer and obey them in times of sickness go into prayer amen prayer is important
1: the third one is powerful the third one is powerful and probably the hardest Because that's where we got to push away some plates, baby. It's like, whoa, we'll push away some
0: plates. Oh, man. You know, for somebody that, that loves to eat like I do, it's hard to push away some plates. Hey, Amen. And then, have you ever noticed that once you go into a fast, you get to work, and, and somebody shows up with all these good donuts, or a vendor shows up with a nice spread of food, and they never show up before, but it's when you're fasting that the devil comes and tempts, amen, with these foods and these things, amen. But one of the things that's not in here, um, that's not in here, that I, I want to point out to you before I go on to, to point number four, amen, principle number four. But I got I to gotta push through, amen. So fasting is one of the best weapons we have to obtain Humility, amen. We're coming to the Lord in all humility to exercise power over Satan and to affect the lives of others, amen. The Bible says this in the book of Psalms, chapter 35 and 13. It's a song that David, uh, King David wrote. In Psalms 35, 13, the Bible says this. It says, but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting and my prayer would return to my own heart. In chapter 69 and verse
1: 10, he says, when I wept and chastened, in other words, I put
0: my soul under subjection my flesh, under subjection, my soul, with fasting, that became my reproach. You know, I looked up that word "reproached," and I says, why did he say that that became my reproach? What he was saying that that's how I addressed the issue. That's how I I dealt with my problem. That's how I, I fought. Through my situation. That's what reproach means. It means to to address a certain situation. Amen. And so what he is saying. Is that. That was my way of addressing. The place where I was at. Remember. He was on the run for his life. For over 10 years. Saul sought out to kill him. He lived in caves. He was a a hunted man. And. And. That's how he dealt with his enemy, through fasting. And God gave him the victory. Amen. Through that all, through everything that he went through, because he, he persevered in prayer and speaking to the Lord and, and fasting, putting his flesh under subjection, and in all humility coming to the Lord, God honored it. God moves, His hand moves when we put our flesh under subjection, when we deny ourselves, amen, what we want and what we desire, amen. That's when we move the hand of God, amen. Fasting is how we move the hand of God, but, but I got to say this, it's not in here, amen. And one of the things that I learned over the years of even fasting myself, especially in the program, we had specific fasting days, amen and, and uh, um, one of the things that always happens is is okay so now you're taking out the the weapon of mass destruction right you're saying, all right devil, I'm done with you I'm tired I'm tired of this situation, I'm tired of how my life is going I'm tired of what's happening. I'm going to push away some plates and I'm going to put my flesh under subjection and, and God you're going to honor it and God says, yes I am but guess who's on the sideline? waiting to attack you what happened to Jesus when he went into the wilderness and fasted for 40 days he was tempted the enemy came at him right away and how did Jesus Christ fight off the enemy with the word of God and so a lot of times we go into fasting like, man, I'm, I'm always angry. I don't know why I'm angry. I'm always angry. And, and I have an anger problem. And so I'm going to fast that God helped me to overcome this anger. But you know what happens? You get more angry when you push away the plate. You get hangry. Amen. And we go into battle with no weapons. We go into battle with no word right? It's like going into a gunfight with no bullets. And so one of the things that a lot of Christians fail to do is they go into fasting and they don't take the word with them. And so, you know what I always encourage people to do? Okay. Let's say you're fasting because, you know, you're anxious or you're fasting because, you know, you're, you're angry or you're fasting, whatever it is, problems in the marriage, problem with the kid, whatever it is, find a scripture that pertains to that. What I used to do, find a scripture that pertains to, to your issue and your struggle and how you want God to move. Write it down on a index card and keep that with you. I came to the Lord with a lot of anger issues. And so so James was my boy. Amen. Me and James became really good friends. Because even now I have a tendency to say things that I shouldn't. Can you say amen? And so James was my good friend in the beginning. He really helped me curve some things. But I did it. By writing those scriptures down, and when I went into fasting and the devil came to make me angry, I would pull out my word and I would fight him off with it.
1: I would quote it and I would quote it and I would quote it and I would quote it. Just
0: like Jesus did in the wilderness when he was fasting, he fought the devil off with the word. So we have to be very careful that when we're pulling out the weapon of mass destruction and we're going into fasting, don't go in
1: without the word. Because your flesh is already weak. Amen?
0: And it's probably going to be the flesh that's fighting you the most. Amen? And so very important point that's not in here that I wanted to add in there um, through my experience in fasting, is take the word with you when you go in there, Amen. If you and your spouse are going to fast together for whatever it is, you know, uh, uh, make sure you take the word with you because I have found that a lot of people say, "Man, I, I'm not fasting no more, man. It, the, man I got attacked when I fasted. I feel like I got worse." Well, you got attacked, but you didn't have no guns in your bullet and, and no bullet in your guns. Amen. So we want to make sure we do that. Man, we're taking a long time here. I got to fly. Amen. The fourth principle. Amen. We got, uh, we got reading our Bible. We got praying. We got fasting. And the fourth principle is church attendance. Amen. No one succeeds in living for God if he or she is unfaithful in church attendance. I'm going to let you read the rest on the own. Just know I didn't read it. I didn't write these lessons. Amen. Um, but I'm going to stop right there. No one succeeds in living for God if he or she is unfaithful in church attendance. Amen. The Bible says this in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to, through 25. Hebrews chapter 10, 23 through 25. The Bible says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Speaking of the Lord. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Amen. And so, what the Word of God is saying right there, what, uh, what the writer is telling us is that, is that we're, how many of you are stirred up when you see other people coming into the house of the Lord? I am. I'm excited. I'm excited. That lets me know they made it. Amen. They made it. And you say, man, you act like they're on the battlefield. We are. (laughs) It's like the men in battle, right? They're looking for their comrades. They're looking to see if they made it to that safe place. You know, church, this we're out there and we're we're fully armed. We're a soldier. And we're fully armed and we got the full armor of God on. The church, this place, you are the church. But here in this place, when you get together with your comrades, is a place where you can take off your helmet. Is a place where you can take, put your shield down. Is a place where you can take off your armor and rejoice. Amen. It's hard to rejoice with all that armor on (laughs) from the world. And so we come into this place and, and this is a place where we rejoice and we see our comrades coming in from off the battlefield. Hey, Brother Ernie made it. Hey, Sister Desiree made it. Hey, Brother Ernest made it. Hey, they made it. And you see them come in and rejoice. Amen. And so... And our first point it says here, find a home church as a regular place for worship. Do not run from church to church. Attend each church regularly. Attend each revival service, the special service. Participate, worship. Sit up front. Sit in the splash zone. Hey, Amen. So and the kids, this is their role, and that's the splash zone. That's where the anointing falls. Say nah, that's where Pastor spits. (laughs) Amen. Somebody said, "Somebody said, Pastor, you think we could put that row in the back up against the wall so we got more space right here?" (laughs) Then you're not getting the anointing. Amen. Participate, worship, sit up front, get involved in church services. Amen. Principle number five: Witness. Tell somebody. Remember the gospel, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul
1: spelled it out for the Corinthian church and says, Hey, go be a witness of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Let somebody
0: know that salvation is life's greatest experience. Share what you have received with others, regardless of race, regardless of creed, regardless of color or religious persuasion. Never be ashamed of your personal experience and relationship with God. Don't be ashamed. Don't hide it. Be a light in this dark world. Amen. Show the love of Christ. You don't have to sit there and start shoving
1: the Bible down somebody's throat, condemning them to hell. Just show the love. Be loving, be understanding, be patient. Render good for evil.
0: Everything that God would do is what we should do. That's how we be a
1: witness to people. The the disciples told God, how will they know? He said, they'll know by the love that you show one towards another.
0: That's how they know that you're full of God's Spirit. That's how they know that you're a a Holy Spirit-filled Christian. By the love and the service that you have for people. Amen. We're called to serve. Not to be served. It's never that way to be served. It's always to be the first one up ready to serve. To serve them. To serve those that don't know Christ. Amen. To wash their feet. Oh man, they got quiet. (laughs) To wash their feet. To service them. Amen. Tell others what Christ has done for you. Amen. Your greatest testimony is the life that you live. Witness to people. Principle number six. Get involved. Get involved. You know, we have had the same uh,
1: uh, uh, circle of workers for the last five years. Get involved. Get involved. Amen? That's not a put down. It's an
0: encouragement. Get involved. Plug in somewhere. Be a doorkeeper. Be a Sunday school teacher. If you have the gift, don't sit on it. Use it. God gave it to you for that reason. We're here to help, aren't we, Sister Desiree? We're here to help. If you need help so you can do that, we'll help you. We'll find a way. We'll, we'll do it. We'll make it happen. I've, saw, I've taught Sunday school before. Amen. We have to plug in, church. We have, to, we have to, to, to do the work of the Lord. Get involved. Get plugged in. Become an immediate participant in all your church's programs. Join in and blend yourself into every church activity. Get involved. We'll accept you. We'll
1: appreciate you. Amen. We need you. Amen. We need you. We need you. Take an interest in the church property.
0: Help, clean, paint, build, and so on. Never become envious of someone else's talents or position. God will open doors of opportunity for you to serve if you're faithful. Support your church with your finances through through generous giving, through offerings and, and bequests. Amen. Get involved. You know what? A lot of people um they they uh I've noticed throughout the years that um it's not until an
1: individual is 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 um I don't want to say sold out, but Get involved. Amen. Be involved. Amen. Find a way
0: somehow, some way. Amen. Uh, get with us. We'll help you out. Amen. Take ownership. This is your church. Take ownership of it. Make it yours. And when you finally take ownership and you finally say in your heart, This is my church. And this is where I get fed. And this is where I'm going to serve the community. And this is where my children are going to grow up to be strong leaders and strong servants of the Lord. Once you have that mentality, then whatever comes just comes easy. Why? Because you're, you're vested now in the church. It's yours. You've taken ownership of it. It belongs to you. Amen. Until we do that, I feel like we're... Uh, uh, until we we need to do that. Can you say Amen? Amen. The seventh principle here, really quick, speaks of your pastor. I wrote down right here. You know,
1: a lot of times pastors' wives are left out. Um, they're not uh,
0: given. I don't want to say acknowledgement because we don't do this to be acknowledged,
1: Um, but my wife and I are one, amen, and the weight that
0: I carry, she carries it with me, amen. What I go through, we go through together, whether it's in the church or out of the church, and so I feel like a lot of times the pastors, the men are, are lifted up and they're acknowledged and they're, and they're uh, wowed and wooed and, 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 and all this stuff and they're treated a certain way and, and the wives are left out. When the wife is there holding up the arms of the pastor, the wives are behind the scenes in prayer. The wives are behind the scenes taking care of the home amen, while the pastor's out dealing with the sheep, amen. And so I wanted to add that there um, that says your pastor and his wife, amen. Um, Your pastor is your spiritual bishop or overseer and along with other ministers, other ministers. We have other ministers here. We have a deacon here, amen, and we have leaders here. We We have other people that uh, uh, are laymen and 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 laywomen and and you know that are doing the work of the Lord, Amen. Uh, that dispense spiritual food for your souls' growth and progress. Receive it with thanksgiving. Checking in, checking in your Bible to see what they preach and teach. Amen. I'm going to jump all the way down here to point seven that says, esteem and honor true and faithful ministers of the gospel, regardless of their age or position regardless of their age or position. Amen. Your pastor and other ministers are mere men and women, called with a heavenly calling to preach the word of God. Their humanity does not negate the foregoing truths. Love your pastor. Heed his advice. Honor him. Obey his preaching, and God's blessings will rest upon you and your family. Never join the ranks of the critics rebellious or disobedient be supportive prayerful and encourage your minister pastors need to hear preachings just like others allow him the privilege of going to special meetings and conferences insist that he take time with his family take some time off and take a vacation all this will only serve to make him a better leader
1: I'm not saying this because I'm your pastor. I'm saying this because
0: I too get tired. Just like you guys get tired in your jobs, in your work, amen, with your families, in your marriage, amen. Take care of your pastor. Take care of his family. You know, one of the things that I have always strived to do since day one coming to the Lord... I always took care of my pastor. I always took care of my pastor and I always took care of his family. And some people criticized me for it. Some people made jokes about it. Amen. Uh, Some people mocked me for it. But I tell you what. My life has been so blessed because of it. Because there's, it's like serving alongside the President of the United States. And you say, wow, you're put in the pastoral position in that high esteem? Yes, I am. Because the president is voted in by the people. The pastor is voted in by God himself. Amen. And so, um, take care of your pastor. Take care of me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and my wife. Amen. And this is huge. I wrote this in my notes. This is huge, and I was having a conversation with uh, with uh, 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 Reverend Gonzalez Daniel about this, uh, um, where he would like for us to teach some lessons on that because we're we're in a society uh, now. We live in a time where where authority is no longer respected. That's what he was telling me. He goes, you know what, Pastor? Kids don't respect. People don't respect. Not leave the kids out of it. People don't respect authority. People don't respect their elders. Amen. They don't respect the authority in the church. They don't respect the reverend, they don't respect the pastor, they don't respect the deacon, they don't respect the lead. they don't respect the ushers. The usher will throw you out. Amen. There's no respect in the church. There's no respect in the workplace. Nobody respects their bosses anymore. I'm not saying you guys don't, but we're living in a society now where there's no more spiritual authority. No respect in the church. No respect in the workplace. No respect in society. Pastors aren't respected. Bosses aren't respected. Parents aren't respected. Amen. And we were having this conversation and it's like we're living in a different time. Back in the day when we were all growing up, remember, you weren't even allowed in the room when a personal conversation was happening. Now you got parents talking about everybody's business and she's meandering about this person and, and she's meandering about that person and talking about this. Having adult conversations with their children in the room.
1: It blows my mind. Amen. Amen. And so we
0: have to, to be very careful, amen, that, that uh, we're, not, we're not doing these things and that we have respect for our elders. The Bible says this in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, 17, because this portion deals with the church, amen. I, I took it outside of the church and, and you know, I, that's the Holy Ghost just wanted me to put that out for whatever reason, amen. I'm sure it's not just an issue in the churches. I'm sure it's a huge issue in society too, amen. But Hebrews chapter 13, amen, and verse 17.
1: 13 and 17, the Bible says this, Obey those who rule over you. Who rules over you? In the church, the leadership, right? The ministry, the Sunday school teacher,
0: The junior's teacher, the usher at the door, you know, the reverend, the pastor, that's in the church. How about out there in society? How many of you have a boss? You can't just tell your boss, hey, I'm going to show up whenever
1: I want to. Why didn't you come to work? I didn't feel like it. Oh, I went to bed late, so I can't come to work
0: in the morning. The boss is going to, you're going to lose your job. Amen. And so that's why the Bible says, obey them that have the rule over you. Out there, in here, society, that's why we have laws. That's why we have stoplights. That's why we have stop signs. That's why we have police officers. That's why we have firefighters. That's why we have first responders. We have to obey them that have the rule over you. Amen. Otherwise, there's chaos. Okay. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. He's speaking in the church now for your watch out for your souls. As those who must give account, let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So what am I supposed to say? Church? God knows the truth. When he says, "Pastor, talk to me about so and so." I can't lie. I have to tell the Lord the truth. You have to give a report. And the Bible says that it's better that we do it with joy and not with grief. Amen. Amen. And so we have to uh, be very careful when it comes to that. Uh, Amen. Point number eight. Amen. Amen. Coming to Christ will open many doors of fellowship with others. Interpersonal relationships are vital to our spiritual, mental, and physical well-being. It is important that these relationships be wholesome and spiritual for good and the good of others. Amen. We have to reach out to the unsaved. Now that you've become a Christian, your old associates will closely observe everything that you say and do. So it is extremely important to set the proper example before your associates. Be a Christian at all times and in all places and all will be well. Amen. As I come to a close with principle number nine. People are watching us, church. People know that you serve the Lord and they're watching And we want to go to the unsaved. Hey, you know, somebody came to me uh, uh, who was trying, to, who was seeking membership, and you know what they asked me? They said, are, "Are you one of those churches that doesn't let us hang out with our unsaved family members?" And I said, "Why would you ask that? I have unsaved family members." They said, because there's some churches that don't allow it. You're supposed to cut them off and not go around them and not be around them. And I says, well, then how are they to know? On the contrary, Jesus Christ rolled up on the sinner. He went into their house and had dinner with them. Now, I'm not saying to go and be like them and act like them. But be the converter, not the convertee. Amen? Tell them what God did for you. Tell them what God can do for them. Amen? We need to approach these people. We have family members that need God. Amen. And have a relationship with the saints. Christians are the greatest people in the world. And your finest moments of fellowship will be among them. Amen. God's people will endear themselves to you in a measure often greater than your own relatives. However you will. Discover that a few few do not obey the teachings of the Bible and the pastor. They profess much but possess little. Love and pray for them, but limit your fellowship with them. They constantly complain, criticize, gripe, and fuss. Becoming deeply involved with them will corrupt your good spirit. Choose the best, follow their example, become their friend and prayer partner. And you will be happy. Church, living for God is beautiful. It's exciting and rewarding, both now in this lifetime and in the life to come. So follow these principles, take inventory of your life. I took inventory of mine. And the things that I need to re-implement into my walk with the Lord. Amen. They'll spare us from many hurts and pitfalls. The sky is the limit when you're all in with the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. We thank you for your word tonight for empowering us, for giving us the tools that we need to be successful. Father, be with us. Be with our children. Be with us in the workplace. Be with them in the schoolyard. Protect us. Protect them. Father, in Jesus' name, amen.